am Chris Chouse, and this is Straight Chubb, the fantasy football podcast brought to you by the Fantasy Headliners. Welcome back to the show. I am a happy camper today because it is Victory Tuesday. I'm going to go all week, baby, but I'm back with my man, Mr. Chris Kennedy. What's going on, buddy? Well, it's it's not Victory Tuesday for me. <laughs> I haven't experienced one of these in a few weeks now, so I'm, and you know what, it, with the holidays that just passed, you know, Christmas we just had, we have New Year's coming up, so you know what, Chouse? We're on to 2022. <laughs> Just as much as you want to talk about your, your your New Year's resolutions like Bill Belichick, maybe next week. <laughs> maybe next week. <laughs> oh, man, we'll get into that game because it was a great one. And you know what? Me and Chris, we like to poke fun at each other, so we'll dive in. But you know what? It is Fantasy Football Championship weekend for most everybody, baby. I am unfortunately not partaking this year. I am not happy, man. I literally you are good for you, man. I mean, you know what? For me, I've, I've got one league, one, one out of like six leagues. I that's OK. Championship. Yeah. All the others I got knocked out in the first round. Yeah, that's that's like me, too, man. I mean, I, I missed a. I, mean, I think I missed a couple and uh, even getting into the playoffs because of injuries and COVID. And then mm-hmm. I was one and done in the first round, too. So, I mean, you know what? There's some luck that goes along with this. I mean, seriously, how can you have injuries and then on top of it have COVID? I basically didn't have rosters to start in some of these leagues. So it is what it is. You got to lick your wounds and move on to next year. But the one thing, you know, the positive, Chris, I don't know if you caught this. The CDC, man, they are dropping the yeah. uh, quarantine rates. So, you know, I, I bring this up only not only for uh, football purposes and sports purposes, but for life, man, we might be getting life back because they're dropping a recommendation from 10 days to five days, whether you're vaccinated or not. And I did mm-hmm. see a scientist. I'll, I'll give you guys a little bit of uh, you know knowledge on this because I, I like to watch a lot of this stuff. And a scientist did say that, you know what, even though the COVID, like any COVID strain or any uh, virus strain out there that is at the end of a tail end of its uh, potency, it is uh, more contagious. So it starts to get more contagious as it's trying to latch on to more uh, hosts to continue its uh, uh, joy of spreading disease. But it, it starts to lose its potent, uh, potency, which is actually what's happening now. And a scientist did say that this is the start of endemic, Chris. Endemic. I am happy. I am I am smiling. This is we get our life back. I honestly never thought in my entire life that I'd ever hear that word. And I'm super happy that I did. Right. <laughs> it was a new one for me. Endemic, man. But I mean, for the NFL purposes... They are uh, taking a recommendation that they're going to do five days uh, COVID quarantine. So now, you know, guys like Carson Wentz just got popped on the COVID list. Guys like Gabe Davis and company and everyone else is popping on. They got a chance in five days to return. And, And this is good news. I mean, it's it's good news. Not so much good news for Philip Rivers because there was a word that the Colts were thinking about reaching out to him. If in fact Carson Wentz wasn't going to be ready to go for week six, week seventeen, excuse me. So yeah, you know, uh, Philip, just enjoy your couch. Enjoy your couch. He's and your seventeen he's kids. Yeah, man, he's yeah. done. He probably had three more kids over COVID. So come on. <laughs> it is <laughs> he, he likes to pop out them babies but i mean it's good we like it and i mean we'll start off with a couple of headlines that i saw cam acres man he got activated oh yeah so this is interesting man what is he off like uh how many months is that for the achilles like god it's not even six man no it's five months because i think it was, five months. It, was early, it was like early august late july maybe when this happened yeah, man. And to yeah. return that quick. I mean, are they doing this too early? We just saw Daryl Henderson. He got put up, uh, put on the IR. So, I mean, really, they I get it. They need bodies. But I mean, really, this this feels early for an Achilles. I don't care who you are. 
Yeah, it definitely feels a little bit early to me. And I get it. You know, you're in the playoff hunt. You're fighting for, you know, hopes of a championship. But he is, I mean, he is one of your franchise players. He's still just 23 years old. And we've never seen a player really come back from an injury like this. Now, granted, uh, Deonta Foreman has been playing very well the last few weeks. And he had a, a similar injury years ago. But no other running back has ever really gotten back to the player that they were. Not that we're expecting Akers to be back to where he was last year, but still, I mean, you give the guy a full, a full season off to, to recover and whatnot. But I mean, I will say this, I do have him in the, in mm-hmm. one, on one of my dynasty teams for the championship round. And I did just lose Miles Sanders. So if they're saying that he's going to be active, I may have to plug him into my lineup. Good Lord, man. I, I think I would look in another direction, Chris, because that, how can you trust that man? You know what? It could be just optics that they want him activated but i mean come on man sony's been running decent and i mean maybe it's a playoff run push for la uh for cam but i mean the risk to re-injury god man i wish i would have touched base with doc ethan turner on this and and know what the percentages are for a risk to re-injury because i gotta think that's pretty damn high after five months yeah and i think also one thing they might be doing here is at least activating him so that he can be practicing he can you know get that conditioning in so that maybe they do decide to plug him in here and there in the playoffs. You know, I mean, look at Derrick Henry in Tennessee. He's going to be good to go maybe week 18 to knock Mm. off some of the rust so that he's ready for the playoffs. Granted, he did not have an injury like Cam Akers did, but if I'm the Rams, I mean, yeah, Sony's been doing really well. Dale Henderson, before he fell out of favor with, you know, Sean McVay, he was playing very well also. Mm-hmm. So you have two very capable running backs that can help your team, you know, because the passing attack is, you know, that speaks for itself. But yeah, if I'm if I'm the Rams, I'm not I'm not going to be playing with a franchise player's health like this. Yeah, man, I, I disagree with it. If he's. I mean, I don't know his health. I'm not in that locker room, right. but that is pretty crazy. Miles Sanders, like you mentioned, he is out broken hand. The This guy's made of glass, Chris. I love mm. me some Miles Sanders. And I mean, I've been preaching him ever since he came into the league. Now, going back to Penn, I mean, I was super high on him, super high on Barkley like we, we know. But I mean, Jesus, man, another injury to this man, broken hand. There's no way he's going to be able to wrap that thing up in like a, uh, 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 like some kind of club and get out there and play. I mean, the running back needs his hands, Chris. I mean, I, I, no, he's I, already I, been ruled. What do we do? What he's do already been ruled out my- for this week. The one thing that sucks with Miles is that he has, he has, he has all the talent in the world. We saw them finally when he was getting 16, 17, 18 carries over the last couple of weeks, Mm. we saw what he could do. And he had almost 50 rushing yards just in the first half before he broke his hand. And so now they've, they've, they've pretty much have already ruled him out. So they're not even going to try it with the club because I think, you know, they understand their season is over. There's no sense of him getting, you know, injured any farther than this. So, um, it sucks for him because again, I have him on one of my dynasty teams. He was somebody that I traded for two seasons ago. Cause after his rookie year, I was like, Oh yeah, you know, this is a guy that I want. And then 12 games last year, 12 games this year. Like, are we going to get a full 16 game season or 17 game season now from this guy? Probably not. Yeah, man. And I mean, does the Eagles, I mean, they're pushing They're They're the what seventh uh, place in the playoffs. So, I mean, they're going to have to go with uh, Gainwell, likely Howard and Scott. And I mean, they've been playing very well lately. I get it. The competition hasn't been fierce the last few games. I mean, what Washington and then the Giants. But I mean, 
You're you're hundred percent on point. The Eagles, I do like them right now because of how they have morphed their their game. They're they're using the running backs. You know, Jalen Hurts is playing a lot better football. And I mean, I don't know. He started out slow last week, but it's just something about you know as he gets into the game, it's almost like he gets his mojo. They're gonna miss Miles, man, because they did start going to this run game and it was working. And uh, they're in tough stretch. They got to win out to get in, man. And that's that's kind of why I, I pretty much said that I think that their you know their season is just <laughs> just about over Fair because enough, I don't yeah. see them. I, not that Washington's a very good team, but I don't see them beating Washington, and I certainly don't see them beating Dallas either. Yeah, fair enough. I, Washington, I could see maybe, but Dallas, yeah, it's going to be a tough sled, man. Like I said, Wentz is on the COVID. No Phillip Rivers. He's not going to be coming back. They're going to go with Ellinger, my guy Ellinger. I, I hope he performs. I like the kid. I, You know, he's got a lot of things he's got to work out in his game. I get it. I mean, he's not a top-end commodity. But if he does play, lean on some JT, do some play action. I, I want to see what he can do. I think this Colts team is for real. I, I like him a lot, man. I think they're absolutely for real. And, you know, I remember watching a bunch of his games at Texas and he would, it was, you know what it was? It was the inconsistency that I saw from him. But when he was on, there were flashes where you're like, oh, this kid could be good. Like he has, he has potential. But again, it's just, he can't put it all together, unfortunately, for a full game or hell, sometimes a full series, let alone a game. But yeah, I mean, I, I like the kid, but I think he's, he's somebody who just, you know, just needs that consistency and maybe he just needs the reps. But unfortunately, when you're playing behind Carson Wentz, you're not going to have that opportunity. Yeah, that's true, man. Consistency is key, and he did not have that a lot at Texas. I mean, again, I that's the flashes is what gets me. If a guy shows right. me that he's got like the top end flash in his game, I'm taking notice. And then you start to round out and say, well, you know, can he do it over the long stretch of time? But speaking of long stretch, Jimmy G, he's got an injured thumb. He may be out, Chris, and we may see Trey Lance. I'm excited, man, especially with how, you know, this offense is kind of morphing with Debo now being, you know, the the Swiss Army knife, running back, wide receiver, one of the best in the business right now. I'm loving me some Debo more than ever. Trey Lance gets inserted into this San Francisco offense. What is the vision? What do we see? Because I'm I'm thinking it's going to be a lot of good things. First of all, I would like to say that I'm super happy that Debo Samuel finally, for the first time in like three weeks, had more receptions <laughs> and or targets than he did actual carries. So yay for him yay. for that. <laughs> um, <laughs> but also, you know, with, with Trey Lance, it, it, what it does is it opens up the, the offense a little bit more. You know, it really is going to keep the defense on their toes. They're not going to have to worry about, you know, maybe just, you know, forcing, you know, somebody like Jimmy G to beat them because they know that he's not going to run with Trey Lance. You have to worry about that athleticism like you do with a Jalen Hurts or a Lamar Jackson or a Mitchell. Tr or, I almost said Mitchell Trubisky, Josh <laughs> Allen, Mitchie Biscuits. Don't sleep on Mitchie Biscuits legs. Mitchie all right. Biscuits, um, but yeah, but I think it's going to be <laughs> great for for this offense because I do think it's going to allow the play calling to be a little bit more creative, to be a little more fun and not so, you know, cookie cutter because it, it, they had to find different ways to shake things up a little bit, which is why we saw Debo Samuel a lot more in the backfield as a running back on a lot of different plays. So I like this for, for the 49ers and he gets a nice matchup against the Houston Texans. So I'll take mm -hmm. it. Well, those Texans, they looked good last week. I'll tell you that much. But they, I mean, they if, played if, much better the last few weeks. Much yeah. <laughs> but I mean, seriously, though, Trey Lance and potentially Eli coming back, Eli Mitchell, excuse me, in the backfield. I mean, I don't know, man. Does it do these 49ers make the playoffs? I mean, this is the thing. They're what, eight and seven? They're on the outlook and in right now. They need a little bit of help and they got to win out. I mean, 
with Trey Lance, if he makes the playoffs, do they legit go back to Jimmy G in those playoffs? I don't know. I, I couldn't do it. I think it depends on how he performs, but right. you know, they have the Texans, which they obviously can win that game. And then they've got the Rams to finish out the season. So, I mean, they're going to have to play their butts off against the Rams in order to win out to hope to make the playoffs. And imagine that being 10 and seven and missing the playoffs. Yeah. Mm, I mean, yeah, that'd be an absolute heartbreaker for them. But again, I think that there's a chance, you know, and if Lance can perform well and show that he can lead this team, then I think you kind of have to ride the hot hand. I would think so. But, you know, Kyle Shanahan likes to do weird things. I think we've waited long enough. I think we, you know, talked about enough things that we can now dive into. Victory Tuesday! There's, there's nothing else that you want to talk about? Nothing else? No, your, your we're mind? good, no? man. Okay. Let's dive right okay. into the glory of the Buffalo Bills coming into Foxborough and dismantling. I'm surprised you don't have music or something playing right I now. I should. You know, <laughs> I'm going to dub some victory music in on this as we <laughs> go because I'm loving life today. And, okay, you know what? The Bills have stumbled throughout the season you know there were question marks about how they were offensively defensively etc giving up lots of yards yes they did give up three tds to mr harris and i mean that is still their achilles heel but they win this game 32 to 21 victory tuesday bills mafia we're in the house josh allen is a storyline for me that i want to start with because he goes 30 of 47 314 and three touchdowns no gabe davis and it was the Isaiah McKenzie show, 11 for 125 and one touchdown. So the, the reason why I want to talk about Josh Allen right now is because I still feel like he's disrespected. And it really pisses me off because he is one of the best quarterbacks in the entire NFL. And a lot of people will say, what are you talking about? He's getting disrespected. Did he make the Pro Bowl, Chris? He was snubbed, man, from a freaking yeah. Pro Bowl over Lamar Jackson. And you go look at even just the stat line alone. If we're talking about stats, this ain't no popularity contest. Get the shit out of here. I'm a fan of Lamar, but you don't deserve it over Josh. I'm sorry, you don't. Josh Allen should have won MVP last year over Aaron Rodgers. Rodgers wins it over name recognition. Fine, I get it. But put some damn respect on this guy's name, man. He comes from a small school. You know, he comes in, everybody dogging him, saying he can't throw accurately. He's going to not succeed in the NFL. He goes this, how many big games has he won in his career already? And he goes into Foxborough on a game where this, the division was on the line. You're talking about pressure, man. Your season hasn't gone to fruition like you expected overall. You go into Foxborough and you just take it to this Bill Belichick defense. And when everybody picked, except for Kurt Warner, I'll give you, Kurt, me and you, man. We were on the same side this week. Everybody said it was lights out for Buffalo. New England was going to win, Chris. I'll, I'll, I'll give you the floor, man, if you want to talk about your Patriots, but put some respect, not you, but put some respect behind Josh Allen's name, for God's sakes. Yeah, also, I just want to point out that Lamar Jackson made the Pro Bowl over Josh Allen while playing, what, four fewer games? Yeah. Like, I don't understand how they figured that. Out. And because they, they again, it's a popularity contest. They pretty much just probably looked at rushing yards alone and were like, oh, Lamar Jackson has more rushing yards, so he's going to get thrown in there. When you look at passing stats, it's not even a, qu a question. It's not even but, close. Not even close. With that being said, um, the Patriots just got their butts kicked on, on Sunday. Like, there's, there's no way around it. Um, the Buffalo defense, the blitzes, the defense in general was just absolutely phenomenal. Uh, there's nothing that the Patriots offensive line could have done to protect Mac Jones. I mean, you guys were just bringing the heat all day long and there, there was nothing that we could do. And I like to think that the Patriots have one of the better, 
if not a top three, top four offensive line in the league, like Mm -hmm. top to bottom, it is a very solid offensive line. They've done a great job all season, but Mac Jones, just like we talked about in the, in our, our DM is the zone blitz that we saw from Buffalo. Mac Jones didn't know what to do with it. He'd Mm -hmm. seen pressure all season long was making great reads, making the right decisions. Yeah. A few bad passes here and there, of course, but for a rookie was making awesome, awesome football decisions. And then this Sunday, you guys made him look like a true rookie with just a deer in headlights. And it was, it was frightening to watch because now you're on a two game losing streak, you know, going into week 17, you pretty much don't need to win out. You need to win one of the next two games for the most part, just to make the playoffs. But this is not the way you want to go into the last couple of games of the season, because obviously, as we all know, going into the playoffs, you know, those hot teams are the ones that keep the momentum going and keep things rolling. And right now the Patriots are on the downslide and that is scary to watch, especially as a Patriots fan. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, <clears throat> when you touch on uh, man, my throat has got a frog in it today, I can't talk properly. But, you know, you talk about, uh, you know, the pressure the Bills brought and we did talk about it a lot. And, you know, it was an adjustment uh, uh, by the defensive coordinator and, and Sean Mc, uh, McDermott that I was extremely excited about because you knew you weren't going to stop the run on the outside. They did a good job stopping the run on the inside in this contest. But see, I mm-hmm. think it was to your benefit that Harris was back and Ramondre was out because if Ramondre was in in this game and they continue to try to run outside, it wasn't going to happen. Harris back, oh, yeah, yeah. He, he gives you all of that, man. He lets you go in. He lets you go outside. And the Bills' biggest Achilles heel on is the linebackers. And I've been saying harping on this all season long. That's why I wanted another one to team up with the Edmonds. Because when Edmonds misses, Edmonds is a good stuffer of a block. He'll give you a block and then someone else has to come and clean it up and and try to like, he'll open that hole for the other guy to in support. We just don't have that guy to support it. Milano's not going to do it. He's a rush specialist and Klein is too slow to get to those edges. So this is why Harris was able to basically run free. But what they did adjust on, like you said, was that zone blitz. It was coming from the outsides. And this was kind of like the, the playbook stolen from Frank Reich and the Colts, because that's when we saw, even Darius Leonard's interception last week uh, on, on Mac money, because he was, he was confused, man. He's seeing all this pressure come from the edge. This time he drops out in that zone. And then he just reads a quarterback intercepts Mac Jones. Like it was nothing. And, and the interesting aspect was Mac does have a short memory and he was making plays but I mean, he was confused and you could see how confused he was on this field. I loved every ounce of what the bills did defensively, even though they said, you know, it was basic. They were like, we know we can't stop the run to like Tampa Bay levels. So we're going to let you guys have the, you know, five, six, seven yards, but you're not going to beat us in the past game. And then our game is Josh Allen throwing those three TDs, Josh Allen throwing all over the field. Some of those throws, man, he made like seven unreal throws in that contest over the, over the linebackers, over the safeties to the sideline, that one touchdown to Stefan Diggs in that extreme tight window. Like, I mean, come on, man. He literally made a top end secondary in your Patriots look pedestrian uh, on Sunday. Oh, absolutely. And the one thing that, you know, you guys did a great job of you know, being the Bills is, you know, taking care of the football. You didn't turn the football over. And that's where the Patriots excel on defense is they rely on those turnovers. They're top five in the league in takeaways. And so that's that's something that really hurt as well, is because we aren't when they aren't getting those takeaways, you know, they're just letting teams drive down the field, drive down the field and. And I give all this credit to Josh Allen because there were plenty of third and long situations where I'm like, perfect, you know, third and seven, third and 10. We just need to get a stop here. We know they're going to throw it. Just get a stop because our secondary can do it. 
and it felt like he was just converting left and right. And it was just, def- and I don't want to, it just completely deflated the Patriots <laughs> Pun and, and everything and, and that entire stadium, because, you know, when you keep giving up all these third down conversions, yeah. I mean, you just, you lose all the momentum. And then of course, when your bills capitalize on those third down conversions and turn it into points, it's, it's an uphill battle all game long. Yeah, absolutely. And I think you guys only converted one out of 10 on third down. Like that's how good the bills stifled you guys on third down. And that, yeah, I stopped counting after, after like the first five we missed. (laughs) Yeah, man. And that's why Belichick didn't want to talk about his new year resolutions. Cause you know, it hurt, man. We, we, we walked into your house and we, we punched you guys in the face, but I mean, here we go. Buffalo has Atlanta and the New York jets left. The new England Patriots have Jacksonville and Miami left. And so for the bills, you just talked about, you know, being hot going into the playoffs Atlanta and New York. I don't even care if everyone's going to be like, oh, those are gimme games. I want to see the Bills just like tune them up. Both games should be straight up tune ups going into these playoffs. And 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 I don't think a lot of people want to be facing a Bills team who's rolling at high gear at all. No, not not at all. I mean, and the one thing that worries me is, you know, that last game against Miami in Miami, uh, which Miami has beaten New England, I believe, six out of the last eight years. Mm. Um every time that we've played them in Miami. So, I mean, who, who, who knows, you know, 2022 new year, new me. So let's go. <laughs> let's go. See, I wasn't that harsh <laughs> on you, man. You know what I'm going to say right now, stick it, bitch, suck it. And uh, I'm just going to let him out because this, you know, I'm happy today. This is it. As man. you should be. I you should, should be happy. I'm just tired of the hatred, man. You know, I'm sick of it, man. Everyone always dogging my bills, you know, and as an analyst, you know, I've been very much uh, unbiased about my opinion and what I mm-hmm. see on the field with every team, including mine. But today is a day to celebrate because we're going back to those playoffs, baby. And I want to see this team get to that next level. I want to see them get to that Super Bowl because God knows, man, you see the crowd of Bills Mafia in Buffalo at the airport. They lined up like it was the freaking AFC championship game victory after that. You see that shit? Oh, it was phenomenal. And I mean, when you beat the Patriots, it is kind of like, you know, your, your championship. So I get it. It's fine. Whoa. He has always got to put in a dig somewhere. <laughs> I don't like it. But speaking of weirdness, man, the Arizona Cardinals, they lose to the Colts 22 to 16 on Saturday, on Christmas day, three game losing streak. Now in the books, Kyler looks super off, not as explosive. Mm. I mean, he's not taking off with the ball. He's missing throws. The pressure's getting to him. Defenses have adjusted to him and he just can't handle it right now. The play calling by Cliff Kingsbury has uh, resorted back to lack of creativity, no motions in the backfield. I really don't like how he's been calling games the last three days, uh, three games. They got Dallas and Seattle left. And I mean, I think they're already in the playoffs, if I'm not mistaken. Um, but I mean, this uh, going if they lose two more, really, you're going in the playoffs on a five game lose streak, um, which is very doable against Dallas and Seattle, man. Yeah. So right now they have already clinched a playoff berth. Um, they're still in, a, in the hunt for for the division. You know, they're only a game behind uh, behind the Rams right now. Um, but good gosh, man. I mean, and like you said, like not too tough games. I mean, the Cowboys after the shellacking that we saw, you know, them put on this past week mm. and then the Seahawks who, you know, it just depends on which Russell Wilson we're going to see, but yeah, those are, those are two tough, tough games for Arizona. And like you said, you go into the playoffs on a five game losing streak. You're looking at a first round out, you know, depending on how you're playing. 
Exactly. And I, I just, I don't understand what's going on with Kyler. Like ever since he came back from that injury, he just looks like a completely different player. I mean, Chicago, he came back that game and he, he, what he had four touchdowns, if I'm not mistaken, running the ball yeah. extremely well. And then now it's just like, he's not doing any of it. I mean, Connor was out of this contest. I get it. No D hop, but we've seen them overcome with these injuries. D hop has been playing hurt all season long. They're not feeding. Right. They're not feeding AJ green. They're not feeding Zach Ertz. I'm so confused with what Arizona is doing right now on the field. And I mean, this is a major, major concern for Cardinals fans. And as, as it should be, I mean, it's, and, it, and especially, you know, with, with James Connor being banged up, you know, Chase Edmonds coming in, um, it's, it really relies on, on Kyler here because you're not going to have, you know, Hopkins, you know, for the next couple of weeks. So you are relying on, on Kirk, AJ green. Hasn't really done much. Rondell Moore has been banged up. So, I mean, where's the offense going to come from outside of, of Kyler Murray? You know, I mean, they have to have other guys start to step up. And I think it starts with the running game, which we saw them do so, so well with James Conner. So as long as he can get right, you know, just I, I understand Edmonds was their main guy, but let Conner eat, give him the ball and take some pressure off of Kyler Murray. Yeah. And, and the adjustments that I see uh, more often than not, and because I, I don't even I I really want to go back and, and watch some film on when this actually changed. Uh, because we see now how they rush on defense, the defensive line for whoever's playing Kyler Murray, those edges are not, mm -hmm. they're actually purposely, you know, not coming into the backfield. It's almost like they're playing a contained rush. They're going after them, but it's like, they're not getting out of their position so that when Kyler starts to roll out, they have the angle on the, on the tackles. And this has been hurting him every single game now, uh, especially in this last three games. Like, so it's, it's a very interesting dynamic, and I think the book is out. And so Cliff Kingsbury definitely has to adjust here and, and create some creativity. I completely agree. But it's going to be a fun next couple of games for, to watch from them because that's really going to kind of show us which Cardinals team we might see in the playoffs. Yeah, I agree. I, I still yeah. like them, but they got to they gotta do, do too. it. Yeah, they, they yep. got to change things up because something's, something's definitely wrong. Speaking of wrong, man, the L.A. Chargers, what the hell did I witness on Sunday? 41 to 29. No Eckler, no Williams, we understand. Two huge pieces on this offense. But, I mean, come on, Herbert. And, I mean, this was his first real, you know, regrettable uh, welcome to the NFL moment two years in the league. Like this was a horrific game for Justin Herbert. His reads all over the field were off. The interceptions he was throwing was like straight up day one rookie Ian book style that we saw on Monday night football. Like it was, it was bad. And, and the, the Texans, they just took every ounce of every turnover they could muster and they took it to the chargers on defense too. Really going to do our boy Herbert like that. And I had pull to out the Ian book. <laughs> <laughs> I had to, man. It was awful. What I was watching, I couldn't believe it. It was. It, it, it was pretty bad. And granted, like, you know, statistically, you know, outside of the two interceptions, he had a good day statistically. Sure. And that was mostly because he had to throw the ball 35, 40 times because they were losing for the entire game. But, um, but yeah, it, I think it shows that, at least for this game, it shows that, you know, he needs his studs, you know, in order to, to, to really kind of come up above that because, he had Keenan Allen and that was really it. I mean, he pretty much relied on Justin Jackson most of the game as a receiver with all those checkdowns and dump offs. Um, but yeah, once they, once I think once he gets Eckler back, Mike Williams, who, you know, will be part of that shortened, you know, uh, uh, code reserve, you know, time from 10 days to five days, then I think they'll be fine. Uh, but again, this is a team eight and seven. They need to win out. Like they need to, they need to really start stepping up these next two games. Otherwise they're going to be on the outside looking in because right now, 
they've got the Broncos and they've got the Raiders, which the Broncos don't worry me too much, but the Raiders are, you know, their team that can, that can really take it to you, especially where it's a divisional matchup. Yeah, man. And I mean, these chargers are like that Jekyll and Hyde, man. They've been very much up and down all season long. We don't know which team we're going to get week in week out. And I mean, the, the difference was that it's not that Jackson didn't even uh, support in the run game. He had mm-hmm. a good game. I mean, he scored a couple touchdowns. He was running the ball well. This defense couldn't do a damn thing versus Davis Mills. And this offense, I just, I, I, I just, I really don't under, I struggle to understand what the hell is going on with this team. I get it. You know, the NFL, some, some weeks, some teams match up better than others. And that's why it's like, you know, when you're talking about point spread picks and you say that you missed on this, Dude, every single week, the matchup dictates the outcome. And and a team like Houston clearly has the horses to match up with a team like the Chargers, not because they're better, just because their schemes match up better. And that's just sometimes how it works in the NFL. If you play this game 10 times out of 10 times, I guarantee you that's probably the only loss the the Chargers are going to take for these Texans. Mm But it's it's a week to week league, man. You only get one go at it, and and when this shit happens, it happens rough. And the Chargers, like you said, man, they could be on the outside looking in. Any given Sunday, any crazy shit can happen. And well, this Sunday it did. Crazy shit happened. <laughs> crazy shit happened, man. Speaking of crazy shit, the Cincinnati Bengals, baby, they dismantle the shorthanded Baltimore Ravens, forty-one to twenty-one. Joe Burrow, man, he looks absolutely amazing, going 525 and four touchdowns. Higgins and Chase go off. Now the debate, I'll shift it to this, Chris, because, I mean, the Bengals, to me, they're ascending. And Mm -hmm. to me, over the next few years, this team is going to be extremely exciting and fun to watch. But as we sit today, Chris, this I had had this debate with a couple buddies of mine, and I got to bring it up because it's a great one. T. Higgins or Jamar Chase right now? Who is the number one alpha on this team right now? Because Higgins has proven that with A.J. Green and Boyd, he can do it. Now with Chase and Boyd, he can do it. He is one of these guys. He's a contested catch freak monster. He's explosive. He He can take over a game when he's by himself. Right now, as of today, who are you taking as the alpha on this team? I'm I'm still taking I'm still taking Jamar Chase. And I say that because from a talent perspective, that's who that's who I want to be my number one guy. And I think that Higgins is just so used to this with this team and he's has a certain role carved out for himself already that he is still that, you know, I think he's kind of that leader at this moment. But with that said, I expect Jamar Chase to kind of take over that role going into next season. Yeah, and I can't hate it because that's kind of how I answered it. If if we're talking about if we're talking about talent, it's Chase over Higgins for me, uh, without a doubt. When right, it comes right. when it when it comes to hands, I think Higgins has better hands than Chase, and that's not that might be bold. But I don't think it's that bold. And I think they're both alphas, to be honest with you. I think that if you put these guys individually on their own team, I think they can they can definitely do it. If we're talking about who I want today as my top guy, I still will go Chase because he's more electric. He, he you know, he'll drop and double catch a ball from time to time, but what he's going to give you is going to be that explosive what uh, I don't know, OBJ style type of plays, I guess you want to say back in his glory day. But I mean, I, I agree. But I mean, with the with Higgins and Chase, you know, Boyd was the afterthought. And I said that, remember, going back to the draft, yep. everyone was saying, you know, I think that Boyd's going to take over Higgins role. Nah, man, you got to it's going to be Higgins, Chase and then Boyd. And then we add in Joe Mixon to kind of segue into that. Everybody talking shit. Yep. 
Oh, you want? I want to throw ahead. one thing in. Answer now, that. Yeah. I I want to be fair with you know where you mentioned that you think Higgins has better hands. Okay. Mm -hmm. Higgins has one additional year over Chase of seeing an NFL football's rotation and laces. Okay. So let's fair let's not enough. just throw the book out here. All right. Okay. Let's yeah. I, I, apo I apologize, man. You know <laughs> that that means a lot, man. No laces on the ball. I get it. He, he needs to get some surgery on his eyes, man. I get it. Yeah. But Joe Mixon, Chris, Joe Mixon, we have been high supporters of Joe. We know Kyle. Yep. He went out on a limb last year and said he's going to be a top five, top three running back. Mm -hmm. He was a year early, year early. We've talked about this many times. Being a year early doesn't necessarily equate to being wrong. And I'll, and I'll, and I'll give right. Kyle the credit in that respect. Because this year, Joe Mixon, as we sit today, if I'm not mistaken, correct me if I'm wrong, he's RB3 half PPR as we sit today. You are correct. Correct. Even though this is the interesting aspect, I get some of the arguments that are out there saying Joe doesn't give you enough consistency to warrant that RB3. And this is the interesting aspect because I believe if I'm not mistaken, I don't have all these numbers in front of me, but I was doing the research the other day. And if I'm not mistaken, I believe he's got seven games of 10 points, 10 points even or less this season. And he's still the running back three. So while that does tell you he is very, very good, we are right on Joe Mixon that he is a great running back. It's mm -hmm. the consistency issues that people still get confused with saying, Joe is not the guy you want on your team, even though he is, because he doesn't give me what I need week to week to week. So there was, there was definitely inconsistency from him from weeks one through week five. I mean, he had that big game where he scored like 25 points in, in week one. And then he had some mediocre, you know, eight, 12, 13 point games after that. But from week six through current, um, he's had six games where he scored at least 24 PPR points. Ooh. And yeah, he's had, he did have a three game stretch recently where he, you know, failed to, to hit double digits. Mm -hmm. But I mean, when you're looking at week six through 16 through a 10 game stretch and 60% of those, you're scoring at least 24 fantasy points. That's, that's pretty damn good. I'll take that 60% right there. Absolutely. And I'm glad you brought that up because that is what got you into the fantasy football playoffs. Okay. And the thing is, if you relied solely on Joe Mixon to say, you didn't do it for me in the playoffs and I am, I'm out on you. You're, that's a stupid argument because Joe got you there. And if your team wasn't well-rounded enough to go when he has an off day, that's on your team, man. That's on the players that you had left. I went through I, this yeah. shit, right? I mean, I went through this shit like everybody else. We all dealt with injuries. We all dealt with COVID. I got Joe in one league. And I mean, yeah, did it hurt me? Sure. But he didn't kill my club. I mean, I lost by maybe five points. He, he did enough for me. It would have would it have been nice to see a 15 point game? Sure. But that's fantasy football, man. That shit happens. And also that's that's an area where I kind of get frustrated, too, is when they're like, well, Joe Mixon, you know, if you didn't make the fantasy football playoffs, it was because of Joe Mixon. OK, well, if you're talking about that three week stretch, weeks 13, 14 and 15, where he had, you know, quote unquote, duds of games, then. I mean, that's it's not necessarily his fault that you didn't make the, fo the fantasy football playoffs. That's just your team either got riddled with injuries or COVID or it just wasn't, you know, performing up to standard because for most people, Joe Mixon was their RB2 because mm. he was taken as the 13th overall running back. He was being drafted at the end of the second round. That's right. So 
there's, I guarantee you, he wasn't a lot of people's RB one, you know, unless they decided to go wide receiver in the first round or like a, a Kelsey or somebody, he was mm -hmm. most likely somebody's RB two. So for an RB two to get you 10 points, you know, for the, for a three game stretch each week, but then give you 24 plus for six games, that's overachieving in my opinion. Absolutely, man. Going from ADP 13 to freaking RB3. Are you kidding me? That is value for days in that second round. So everybody get off yeah, keep this saying, argument, man. Keep saying he's inconsistent because that uh, that argument holds up real well. It does. I know. I get it. But this Bengals team, man, they're going to be deadly in the next couple. I was a Zach Taylor fan. He's the McVay coaching tree from the McVay coaching tree, I should say. But I mean, with more O-line, better defense, Chris, this team is going to be scary. And there's a changing of the guard in the NFC or AFC North, man, because Pittsburgh without Ben, um, you know, the Baker uh, feeling no danger. I mean, it's it's changing, Chris. Uh, yeah. You know, what's going to be even scarier, though, is the fact that Mixon's what, 25, mm. 26 years old, I believe. Like um, what's going to be what's going to be scary is that you have Joe Burrow in his second year, Higgins in his second year, Chase as being a rookie. You're going to have to pay all these guys at some point. <laughs> and yeah. and you still have Joe Mixon under contract until the end of the 2024 season. So pretty much when Mixon becomes a free agent, that will free up some money, you know, to where you're going to at that point then have to re-sign a lot of these younger guys. So they're going to have to do some some finagling with their financials because you don't want to like you want those three guys to be the nucleus of your offense. Yeah. And I, you know what? I am. I'm not 100 percent familiar with their cap right now, but I do know Trey Waynes and the other defensive back that they signed this offseason. Those guys can be shipped out, I believe, in the next one to two years with no dead cap. And they were big money deals. So, I mean, there is money to be had here on this defense. So they're going to have to go to the well of the NFL draft and they're going to have to sign some key free agents on lesser deals and they can keep this whole offense together. And and it's going to be, you know, the Peyton Manning effect type of deal. you got to outscore us to, to beat us. And, and I mean, they're damn fun to watch, man. I mean, if you caught any of that Cincinnati game this weekend, I mean, it was it was so much fun to watch. Yeah, absolutely. And and like you said, with Trey Wayne's, if they can get out from underneath that, I mean, that that clears 16 million, almost 10% of their cap percentage off the books. So that'll certainly help. There you go. I love it, man. The Dallas Cowboys. I don't like the Cowboys, but we'll talk them up because they look damn good. 56 mm. to 14, they beat up on Washington. And I mean, eh, this has got to be it for Washington, obviously. I mean, they tried their best. They looked good. I believe what four game winning streak beat Tampa Bay. Everyone thought they could make it. But I mean, for some reason over these past like seven Seven weeks they just can't get Terry the ball and and they're trying to find ways to move it and they just can't get him the ball I think everybody understands now double team Terry take it away and and there's nothing they can do it's that I feel so bad for I feel bad for for Terry yep. and I feel bad for Antonio Gibson like yep. this is just not what you want to see now unfortunately you know Heineke he's not the answer Kyle Allen damn sure is not the answer and we had all this, you know, hope when they when they signed Ryan Fitzpatrick, you know, in the offseason, like, OK, great. Now they have a a, you know, a competent quarterback who's going to be able to push the field, push the ball downfield, get McLaurin, you know, all this hope and promise that the, the offseason brings to every single fan base. I don't care who you are, even if you're the Jags. And it all just went down the crapper, like literally after like the first two weeks, it just went down the pooper. Down the pooper. And I mean, the only positive we can take for this season for Terry is that his ADP will crumble a little bit. 
uh, for next year. And I'm, and I'm okay with that. Me too. And and I mean, if depending on the quarterback that they get, I'm still an advocate for Matt Ryan to Washington. I think that would be great, and and get him another wide receiver. And I don't know, man, with this defense, I think Matt Ryan could do damage in that division. I really do. I, I think Matt still has some ice left in his veins and gas left in the tank. But why? Uh, let's go to Dallas's side. I mean, Dak Prescott, Chris, he has been to me. I don't even want to say an enigma because it's not it's not the correct term. He's I've been confused with with Dak for certain weeks. And mm-hmm. and I and I want to like him. I, I want to say, you know, he is an upper echelon's quarterback in this league. He showed it this week, man. Like he was spreading the ball, he was reading the field, he was decisive, uh his progressions, like everything he was doing on this field this uh in this contest. I get it. It's versus a COVID-rattled, injury-rattled defense of Washington. But it doesn't right. matter. You should be doing this. So when you don't do this, that's where I raise the question marks. You're supposed to be an elite passer. And if you can't do this to a lesser club who's extremely shorthanded, what's wrong with you? He answered all those questions for me. Can I ask you a question? I want to kind of just pivot really quickly to, to Dynasty. Mm. Is Dak Prescott a top five Dynasty quarterback for you? <sighs> Man, that's a tough one. He's he's right there. I mean, yes, I got to say, okay, as of today, I got to say yes after what I saw. But again, do I trust him? Do I like him? That's well, where I'm right. at. That's where what's, I'm at still. And it's confusion. What's he going to do week in and week out? Now, granted, the numbers he's put up this this year, you know, have been have been very, very good. I mean, mm. if, you know, weeks one through, and I'm looking at his numbers right now, weeks one through 10, only two games did he not score at least 20 fantasy points. And then from weeks 11 through 16, he had one, two, three, four games where he f- scored 11 or fewer points. Mm-hmm. So again, like you mentioned, like there's this whole Jekyll and Hyde, you know, stigma around Dak Prescott. Okay, which one are we going to get? And what week is that actually going to happen? Kind of like what we were meant- talking about earlier with Justin Herbert and the Chargers. Right, exactly. And and I mean, where the Chargers are like a team Jekyll and Hyde, Dak is kind of that Jekyll and Hyde. And it's weird because when the when the Cowboys are rolling, they're rolling and they look like they could beat anybody in this league and they look like a top end club and, and you can't argue it. But when they look bad, they look bad, like really mm-hmm. bad. And and you're like, Zeke isn't running to full par at this point still. And, and this run game is not definitely what it used to be. And Dak is not necessarily a running quarterback uh, in his best days. And now with that injury to his leg, you know, he's not going to run that much anymore. Um, so for me, at least, you know, what I saw, you know, the spreading the ball to Cooper lamb Gallup, Schultz. I mean, Schultz has turned into a freaking baller of a tight end weapon, Jason Witten style on this team. I'm loving it, but I mean, Dallas level of play right now, Chris, I mean, they gotta, if they continue this level, they're going to be a tough beat in the, in the playoffs. They absolutely are because they have so many weapons. I mean, you know, offensive side of the ball, you know, alone, they have, two players on their defense right now that are both defensive player of the year candidates mm. in Micah Parsons and Trayvon Diggs. Like that's just, it, that's unheard of. Like you don't hear about that. And it's absolutely phenomenal because it shows that it's not just a one-sided, you know, team. Like they can do it on both ends of the, of the ball. And once they get into the playoffs, like, again, if they can just keep this going the next couple of weeks, get more momentum going into the playoffs, as long as their defense can hold up, 
then this is going to be a very, very tough team to beat in the NFC. Yeah, man. And I mean, with uh, Demarcus Lawrence back, I think it just it, it rounded out this defense that much more. You know who's been a unheard or a un uh, disrespected? I'm gonna say I'm gonna go that far. Is is Keanu Neal? He has been a, mm. uh, a massive anchor to this defense that people don't talk about because he's not making all the flashy plays. Parsons and Diggs are taking all that. But he is he is he was always great in Atlanta. It was just his injuries that that killed his uh, overall perspective. But Keanu Neal in this defense is is a baller and he yep. is a big one now with uh, Demarcus Lawrence back. I mean, this team looks damn good. No question. And Chouse, uh just want to interrupt you for one second. I have a little bit of, uh, of breaking news that I just saw in my timeline and tw- on Twitter. Oh, um, the, um, the legend himself, John Madden, the face of the favorite football game franchise has passed away at the age what? of 85. No. Yep. Roger Goodell, the NFL just released a statement, uh, saying on behalf of the entire NFL family, we extend our condolences to Virginia, Mike, Joe, and their families. Oh my lord, John! Mm-hmm. And they just put out that uh, John Madden documentary on Christmas Day. Do you catch that thing? I saw that. Yes. Oh man, man, that makes me sad. I'll say this: so, growing up as a kid, you know, watching football, um, you know, you had your, you still had your games on mostly on on CBS until the NFL started doing games on Fox, right? And there was no better duo than John Madden and Pat Summerall. Like oh, that was the, that was just the dream team of football announcers. And it was just, it, you looked forward to it every single Sunday. Like it was one of the few times where I actually enjoyed listening to the play-by-play and color commentating all, all game long because it was pure entertainment, but they just loved football. They loved it so much. And John Madden, especially just was like a, a kid when he talked about the game of football. Yeah, man. He was Fox football. Uh, it was, they always cover the Cowboys. You know, when we were younger, mm-hmm. it was the Cowboys, the 49ers, and they were always doing the Cowboy games. And man, that one hurts, you know, because uh, we grew up playing Madden. Madden was part of our culture, man. Like mm-hmm. when they changed the game, when those, the first PS one came out and, and you got that Madden, you're like, this game is awesome. And it was like the, the worst. It had those, remember those uh, three screens at the top where you had to see yep. and you couldn't see the field. Like that's how far back this goes. Oh, rest in peace. John Madden, coach Madden, hall of famer. My goodness. 85. You said. 85. And I'll tell you what, I think we already know who's going to be on the cover of Madden 23. So I, I think so. Yeah, that's that's yeah. definitely man. Holy smokes. That sucks. You put a damper on this show with that breaking news, Chris. I'm sad. I am, too. I am very, very sad. I, I, as you were talking, I was trying not to get a little bit emotional, but but I just figured, you know, it was it happened. We had to talk about it. Wow. So John Madden, man, one of the greats of all time, changed our lives, man. We, man, you know how many hours I spent playing Madden football? (sighs) Moment of silence, moment of silence Mm -hmm. for Mr. John Madden. My goodness. I'm sad. I'm sad, but we got to, we got to move on, man. So, you know what? I was going to say the Miami Dolphins quickly, man. They, they, Mm. one in seven, they started this season. One in seven, Chris, this is unheard of. I don't think I've ever seen anything like this in the in, in this league before. And now they've won seven in a row. They're back to eight and seven. They're the first team in NFL history to have both seven game losing streaks was, and seven game winning streaks in the I league. I was just going to say that. <laughs> it's unheard of. Unbelievable. Nobody does man. that. 
Nobody does that, especially going one and seven. How the hell did Brian Flores, you know, get enough mojo in that locker room to bring him back? Like, Chris, that's more impressive than anything to me. Oh, absolutely. I mean, and hell, I mean, what's what's even worse is that the first game they beat the Patriots by by a point, by pretty much, a, you know, there was that one play where they beat the Patriots. Right. And then they go ahead and you're like, oh, we beat the Patriots. OK, cool. We've got momentum going. And then, of course, they get shellacked by your bills. And they had a tough schedule to start the season. I mean, the Patriots, the Bills, the Raiders were playing super well at the beginning of the year. Then they had the Colts and the Bucks, you know, and then it got a little bit easier, um, which is where that you see them start rattling off a lot of these wins. Like they beat the Texans, the Jets, the Panthers, the Giants, the Jets, the Saints. Like, so you see them lose to all these really good teams and you see them start to beat up on the lesser teams. Mm -hmm. So if this team happens, happens to sneak into the playoffs, I think it's going to be a one and done scenario for them if they can if they can even get in. I agree. And I mean, that's that's where I was looking at the quality of victories. Yes, they're moving along better. Jalen Waddle to me is good. God, what did I say mm. in, in PPR leagues, dude? I think it's Jamar Chase jumped to like wide receiver seven and Waddles at like wide receiver 11 in full PPR. Like that's how remember when we said, who do you want more for Dynasty? And I and I kind of went with Waddle first. I'm loving Waddle and what he's able to do. And this is with Tua. And you can make this argument to say who's actually better with the ball and more efficient. And you can almost say that it's Waddle because what night he's going to break the record for rookie receptions in a single season. I believe it's like 101. He's at like 93. But it's like with Tua versus Joe Burrow, the productivity is there. They're both over 225 points, if I'm not mistaken. It's just they're both ballers, no question. And I don't think you can go wrong with either one. I'm loving both of them so much. It's so hard to choose who I like more. That's, I mean, yeah, that's, that's super, super tough. Um, and it's funny because, you know, looking at, at Waddle, it was week six, I believe when it, it really kind of just something clicked and mm -hmm. that, that chemistry between he and Tua really started to pick up because from, from week six up until this most recent game, He's he's a top 10 fantasy wide receiver. He's the wide receiver nine. And you still have Chase down there at wide receiver 12, you know, but I mean, he's been an absolute monster, you know, just averaging, you know, double digit points every single week. Um, he's he's clearly the, the the favorite target for for Tua right now. And if I mean, personally, I would probably still take Chase over Waddle just because I trust the Bengals offense more than I do the Dolphins offense right now. Mm -hmm. But it's 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 almost like 1A, 1B right now. It is. It, to me, it's like 1A, 1A, and that's how close it is for me right now. Yeah. But, but yeah. I'm with you. I, I trust Joe Burrow a lot more than I do Tua, but good Lord almighty, the Miami Dolphins made a push, man. Let's finish this out, Chris, on question mark players for next year because I was kind of going through mm. the listings, and, and there's a, okay. lot of, a lot of question marks, man, that we had high hopes for this season. I mean, I think we were not alone. These guys are big names. A lot of these guys are big names, and whether it was injury, whether it's going to be free agency and you're not going to play uh, the, for the same team next year or you're going to get right. cut because you're a cap casualty, Saquon Barkley, man. His is injury. <laughs> what do we do, man? I put out this tweet. If I can find mm -hmm. this tweet, I put it out late last night because I was getting extremely frustrated. Here it is. 2018, he goes 261, 1307, 11 touchdowns, 91 receptions, 721, uh, 21, four touchdowns. 2019, 217, 1,003, six TDs, 52 receptions, 438, and two touchdowns. 2020, I get it. He got injured. It was only 19 for 34, six catches for 60. Right off season, he, he got injured. 
This season, he goes 130 for 461, two touchdowns, 38 for 244, and two touchdowns. I don't think I've ever seen uh, a running back fall from grace this far, so fast, from how he started. 91 receptions, man. Like, Jesus, you don't see that type of productivity as a rookie, and you're thinking, sky's the freaking limit, and now the injury bug just can't keep him on the field. Yeah, so his rookie year, he was the overall RB1, and his sophomore year, obviously he didn't finish the last few games of the season because of the injury, Um, but in the 13 games that he did play, he was a top five, top six fantasy running back, four points per game. Um, He averaged almost, what, 17 half PPR points a game. And after that, it was just, you know, the injury bug. He, the guy, poor guy just could not stay healthy, whether it was the, the ACL, the high ankle sprain, you know, just it's, I want to see him back healthy, you know, and I do think that, you know, next season is going to be his opportunity to be back to that 100% healthy Saquon. It's just going to be a matter of, you know, what this offensive line can do, what they decide to do a quarterback because they most, I know that they they've said they're going to bring back uh, Danny dimes and Joe judge who the hell knows why, but I just want to see, I want to see my old Saquon back. That's all I want. That's all. That's the whole reason why I'm bringing it up, man, because I want my Saquon back. Allen Robinson, man. What are, what are we doing with Allen? Because you know, he's not going to get uh, retagged by the, the bears. He's, he's going to be Mm-mm. somewhere else. I've been going under the impression that he's dogging it this season because he wants that payday. I don't know, man. What are we doing with Allen Robinson next year, especially on a club if he goes to a new team? I mean, quarterback. Yeah. I mean, maybe he's dogging it so he doesn't get injured, doesn't get hurt. He wants to make sure that he's healthy going into next season because he's he's going to get paid regardless. You know, he's 27 years old. He's going to get he's he's going to get a four year deal from somebody. You know, um, and he's going to get paid. And he's going to come back. I mean, as long as he has a a good coaching staff and a quarterback that can at least get him the ball accurately, mm-hmm. he's going to get back to being a top ten receiver in the league. I agree, and and I and just and he just needs a new situation. That's that's what it is. I I love that he needs he needs a brand new what is uh, change of scenery. That's that's the word they like. Oh, let me let me ask you this real quick: If Matt Nagy is no longer with the Bears next year, does Allen Robinson resign with the Bears? Without said, Matt, Matt Nagy ooh, there. Ooh, that's a tough one because that's a toughie because, I mean, Justin Fields, I get it. Um, right. That's a toughie, man. I, I got to say no. I, I think that he's I'm, gonna, I'm also leaning no. no. Yeah, I, I think he wants just to get out of there, get a change and, and, you know, revamp his career. I think just too much has gone bad. It's it's kind of like, you know, the Alshon Jeffrey type of deal uh, when he left. It was It was just time to move on, and I think that's kind of yep. what it's going to be. Robert Woods, man, the injury and and the uh, fact that the the LA Rams they can actually cut Robert Woods this year. They're gonna need the money. You know they're in Kappa issues big time with all those players they have. They can cut Bobby Trees with a very little uh, dead cap, and I mean, you know he's gonna get picked up somewhere. But then now it's gonna be, are they gonna utilize him with quarterback play? Will he be the same? Like this is a big one for Robert Woods. Well, that's the thing is, I mean, you know, especially now with Robert Woods, you know, his age, not that he's old, but he is 29 years old. Um, is he most likely going to start the season, you know, on the pup list? He's going to miss the first eight, eight weeks of the year because he did get injured in week nine, week 10 this year. So um, that's going to be interesting to see. Um, I don't think he gets a huge payday. I could see somebody giving him like a two year 
deal or like a one-year prove-it deal because mm. he is going to be missing the majority of the season. And then he could get it signed to a longer extension. But yeah, someone's going to someone's gonna pick this guy up. Someone's going to sign him because of what he can do, you know, still at 29 years old. Yes, he's getting up there in age, but he's just, I mean, he's one of the more reliable receivers that you can find in the National Football League. Yeah, I think the one-year deal is probably very likely for him and and in his rehab and everything, just to prove it, that he's still got it. Then he'll probably sign another three-year deal. But Bobby Trees, man, Bobby Trees. Michael Thomas, man, what the hell is going to be of Michael Thomas? Because I think the divorce is going to be real. I don't think he's going to go back mm-hmm. to New Orleans. Yep. I mean, he still can play. I think he was just frustrated. Yeah. I, I think when 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 Breeze left, I think he wanted to go too, and contractually he had to stay. But I mean, he's got to be somewhere else. And are we still going to peg him as a top ten wide receiver? I, I think so. I mean, the fact that he's had so much time off over the last couple of seasons, he hasn't really played very much at all. So he's got he's you know he's going to be fresh. He's going to have plenty left in the tank. Again, this is another player that is under thirty years old. So. He's going to he's going to catch on with somebody and it's going to make a difference. He's going to change a team's offense the second he gets onto that team. My problem, though, is. His not not his football ability, but the distractions that he might cause off of the field Mm. and that personality, I that's what kind of concerns me a little bit more. Like, you know, is it going to because for last year we were kind of talking about, well, is this like another A.B. situation? So. That's something I'm going to be interested to see. But yeah, he is going to make a football team better uh, once he signs with them. Yeah, no, I I, got, I tend to agree. I think yeah, I agree with you with the attitude thing, because if Sean Payton can't, you know, corral him to be the team guy, even at the worst of times, that's a problem. And maybe, you know, after his unbelievable season, he was feeling himself a little too much. And he's thinking that, you know, he's untouchable. I don't like that aspect maybe. either. It sucks. I mean, maybe, maybe if he, you know, ran something other than slants, you know, then he'd lose the nickname and he could do a little slant bit more. Slant boy! Good old <laughs> slant boy. Travis Etienne, what are we feeling about him coming off the Liz Frank? I mean, with now Robinson, he's got the Achilles. He's likely going to be out at least till halfway point of the season. Who knows if Jacksonville even keeps him on board? They should, but I mean, yep. new coaching staff going to come in. Travis Etienne coming off the Liz Frank. They Teams like to pick their own players. What are we saying about Etienne? Yes. So it's funny. Uh, speaking of, of ETN, uh, our own Dr. Ethan Turner uh, tweeted out something yesterday oh, and nice. it was a, it was a retweet from Edwin Porras, um, a physical therapist who had a stat about the list Frank injury. And he said 21% dip in production for NFL players year one post-operation list Frank. Um, so I think it could be a very slow start for ETN coming into next season. And I don't know exactly what the, you know, what the, what the recovery rate looks like and how players have performed after that initial year coming back from this injury, but where he is still 21 years old, he has mm. time to come back and, and to do it. But I think that we should temper expectations for next season and then be able to reevaluate him, you know, in his, well, his, considered he was pretty much redshirted this year, his true sophomore season in 2023. Yeah, fair enough. And I mean, I want to, I want to bet on it, man. I want to bet on the fact because he's so young, he's so explosive. And, and unfortunately a Liz Frank could take away from his explosion. It sucks. Um, but I yeah, mean, if he, anything, I would, I would probably maybe stay away or at least not take him at what his ADP might be in redraft. But 
I would absolutely buy low on him in Dynasty if you can. Yeah, absolutely. And I, and I think, what about keeper situation? You keeping him if you, if you have him with a limit of three? Keeper, I, I, it depends on, your, I, depends on your other options. Depends on your other options and what round draft pick you're going to lose. Mm-hmm. So I also would, I probably would maybe pass on him in, in keeper leagues. Yeah, fair Especially enough. if you can only hold on to three, which most, most leagues are. Right, yeah, fair enough. I get that, man. J.K. Dobbins, man. What are we thinking about him coming off the, the major knee injury? I can't freaking wait for Dobbins. Me too. You know? I love it. I'm so happy. Lo- I understand that it's that it's the knee, yep. but this man has so much talent. I'm just super excited to see him come back. Um, and again, he, he probably going to have a slow start. You know, we saw it from Saquon. Um, but I do think when you have a running quarterback like Lamar, it does help to kind of take off some of the pressure, you know, so you might have some, some more open lanes. Um, of course, it does cut into your carries, but... Um, with that being said, I still love, still love JK Dobbins. For me, he is still a top 10 long-term running back. Yeah, I agree. And I think that, you know, with the, the fact that the injury happened so early on in the season, he's, he's going to have a full year of recovery yep. and he's still young. So I love it all day long. The Antonio Brown, Chris Godwin situation in Tampa Bay. Will they be back? Because I think Godwin's basically out the door. He now tore his ACL. Yep. I don't foresee them bringing him back. He's going to struggle to find a new home. I think it's going to be a one-year deal for him, unfortunately. I hate that situation for him because he was just balling. But what about AB, man? I think, obviously, as long as Tom Brady stays, he's going to be angling for him to stay. Agreed. But what if, man, Tom Brady retires or goes somewhere else? Let's just say the what if game. Where does Antonio Brown go? Bruce Arian moves on. I don't think think BA wants anything to do with AB. See what I I did there? I see what you did yeah, no, I, I don't think he wants anything to do You're with confusing him. confusing me over here. I, I think the only reason why they brought him back, you know, after he was able to to come back from that suspension was because they, they lost all the receivers. Like, they yeah. had no choice but to bring him back. So, yeah, yeah I think if, if they have a healthy wide receiving core, um, bye-bye. So here's the question I have. If he goes to a team... He's still a legit number one wide receiver, man. Like, look at yep. look at look at what he's able to do. So, a team that really requires who's a team that desperately requires? Should I say Detroit? Detroit Lions? Oh, I was gonna I was I was gonna say the New England reunion, but <laughs> oh, just get out of get out of. I mean, you know what though? With Bill, I mean, I wouldn't put anything past it either that he could go back there. But I mean, I I don't know why he would go to Detroit. Like, I'm I'm sure he. I'm sure he wants to win. Likely not. Uh, for you sure. Know? I get it. Um, but a team that I think that could do some some good for him. Again, they it, it'd be a, a building process for this team. But I mean, you put him with a young quarterback like Trevor Lawrence, I think that would be a great option for him in, in Jacksonville. Ooh, I would love that, man. Bring Etienne back and bring A B. Yeah. Oh, baby. Just because at least at least then they have building blocks. They have pieces to build towards the future. Who knows how many more seasons Antonio Brown is going to play, mm-hmm. but at least it kind of gives them something to look forward to as opposed to a team like Detroit, which still has a ways to go. I think um, Jacksonville, you know, they, 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 they shot themselves in the foot, you know, with the whole urban Meyer hiring to begin with. Mm-hmm. But I do think that this team has the pieces, you know, they just need to get a little bit more on that offense side of the ball as well. So dare I piggyback off that and say the New York Jets. He goes to New York to play with baby. I'd be okay with that. Yeah. Right. He yeah, goes to play absolutely. with baby face. They got Elijah Moore and then Corey Davis goes back into the secondary role. I think that makes the New York and, and you got uh, Michael Carter in the backfield. I think that makes them extremely have, explosive, man. Yeah. You'll have Elijah Moore coming back and absolutely. Yeah, I love it. I love it all day long. Kenny Galladay, man. 
quickly uncanny man like what you're done it's a cut game I'm done. over I, I was i was done with him a while ago oh, i'm not I done just, i, I can't, can't man i can't quit him i just you, you gotta you gotta quit him the Danny dude can't stay judge. healthy fuck out of here <laughs> I don't care who his quarterback is. The poor guy can't stay healthy. Yeah, fair enough. Okay, fair enough. Baker Mayfield. They say that there's going to be a quarterback added. Uh, They said this today, breaking news, that they're going to add a quarterback likely next year because they have no choice. And everyone's going to say, you know, why are you going to pay Baker Mayfield the option? And and I'm going to tell you right now, having a quarterback like Baker who is, what's the word? Help me out here. He is, because I'm I'm going in the mid- Is that the word you're looking for? No. Oh, oh man. I, he's like mid-grade. Okay. Let's just let's just call it mid-grade. Okay. And, that's that's and, a nice way to put it. Yeah. Right. Okay. I'll be, I'll be, I'm a nice guy. I don't like to, you know, hurt feelings, man. So he's mid-grade. They have no choice but to pay him because he can win you the nine, 10 games if you you have a good running game and defense without injuries. I believe that Baker could win you 10 games. But mm-hmm. now they're going to bring in a QB competition. Is this this has got to be the ceiling for Baker Mayfield? We have to believe it is. I it absolutely is, and this is a guy who you know there were talks that he's might be looking for you know top quarterback money, you know, and mm. when he is going to be looking for a new deal, thirty plus million dollars a year. He's not a thirty plus million dollar a year quarterback. I mean, right now I'd give him twenty to twenty two maybe, and I think that's still being generous. Yeah, it's based on how the quarterbacks get paid now, even for like Chase Daniels, even gets like seventeen. So. He's got all right. So we'll give him 21. <laughs> we'll give him 21. You're- how much is how much is Ian Book getting paid? All right. <laughs> oh, you poor bastard, man. Aaron Rodgers. We'll end it here, man. Where does mm. Aaron Rodgers go? Because this is interesting because his. I, I'm, lo- I'm lost for words, man. Maybe it's not enough sleep, but I mean, his his mentality, I guess, is the best way I could put it. His mentality has looked like it's changed. And it almost appears to me like he wants to stay in Green Bay. After he broke Brett Favre's record, he was more, mm-hmm. you know, I, I love it here. You know, Green Bay's the home. I've done wonderful things here. 17 years in the league. There's no more of this, you know, last dance talk. I don't know, man. Like, what are we thinking? I mean, look, what uh, Matt LaFleur is, uh, Coach LaFleur is the winningest coach in the first three years of anybody ever in the NFL. Like, really? I mean, what do we do with Aaron Rodgers? I mean, but what happens if they don't, if they don't win a Super Bowl? you know, if, I mean, isn't that the, the ultimate goal for him is like another year where it's like, well, shoulda, woulda, coulda, you know, does that frustration mount and, and build, and then he decides to go elsewhere. I don't know. I mean, I, I do think the money is on him staying in green Bay. Um, but then there are all those other teams that were rumored to, to go after him too, that will go after him again this off season, you know? Denver being one of them, Carolina being another option. Washington is absolutely going to be in play, I think. So you have a handful of teams out there that are going to be, you know, vying for this guy's services that will immediately put them into contention. Yeah, I agree. And good God, could you imagine he goes to Denver and and we're going to see six Dude, give me, games? Give me him on Carolina. Oh, I would love to see him on Carolina tell more me. than any other team. Tell me, man. Preach it because CMC and DJ Moore, please. CMC, DJ Moore, but then you look at, you know, what he has then in that young defense, okay? Like Derek Brown, Brian Burns, you have... uh, you have the, that stacked that, that stacked quarterback room with CJ Henderson and Dante Jackson and Stefan Gilmore. You have Jeremy Chin. Like this is just a ridiculous AJ Bouye. Like you have yeah. a ridiculous, ridiculous defense. That's all, for the most part, the majority of that core 
is 26 and younger. Like that's ridiculous. Shaq Thompson. Like you got Shaq Thompson. They got they had for you know, days. Hassan Reddick for, for another year. Yeah. You got names for days. I get it. I mean, I I want to sit here and say that he's going back to Green Bay. And you make a great point though. Super Bowl or bust if he loses. Will they because lose? Look what, look what happened. Will they lose? Look what though? happened last year. I get it, man. I, Tom Brady. Yes. Yes. It. Yes, they will. They, I, think, I think they will. They're I don't think lose. that they, I don't, I don't think they go to a Super Bowl this year. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. You think Tommy's doing it again? Yeah. Even, even without Godwin, I think that they still do it because, and I'll say this, you know, the way that this team has been playing, their yeah. defense, yes, can, can be hit or miss sometimes, especially in that secondary. Right. But, I you, you can't count out Tommy. I mean, it's just it's old Throwing man River just keeps every, doing it again. Throwing iPads and all, man, you're still on Tommy. I I gotta be until he proves until he proves it's wrong. All right, I. I but you know what? it doesn't matter. It it doesn't matter because when Derrick Henry comes back, the Titans are going to come back and win the whole damn thing anyway. So. <laughs> Stop it, it right matter. now, Josh Allen, Super Bowl MVP over Tom Brady. That's what it's going to be. I love it. You will not convince me otherwise because I'm going to be a Bills homer to end this show and I don't care, man. <laughs> Chris, man, you deserve happy. it. You've earned I, it. I do deserve it. I've, I've suffered for way too much, man. But you know what? Happy New Year to you and your family, man. I hope, uh, you know what? 2022 is going to be a fabulous year for us and for everybody Ooh, speaking out there of which, Headliner Nation. While we're talking about New Year's, what is your New Year's resolution for 2022, my friend? To drink more beer. I think I don't drink enough beer and I, I need to drink a little bit more. You know what? I appreciate that. See, all right. So Headliner Nation, for everyone that's listening, this is the kind of advice that you come here for. Not health tips, not fantasy football, not, oh, I want to run more. I want to do this. I want to do that. I want to eat better. No, I want to put as many empty calories into my body as I possibly can. Exactly, man. So, you know, because I was I, I was doing some reading and it says, you know, one drink is good for you a day. You know, so if one is good per day, thins your blood, you know, let's every why not add Just, five or six? Just imagine how eight drinks can do for you. <laughs> I'm playing, man. I don't really have one. You know, just I always go to try to be a better human each and every mm. year. I mean, everybody can improve. I, you know, I'm, I'm never one of these guys that sits on his uh, and rests on his, uh, you know, staple of saying that I'm I'm a finished, completed product. I continue to grow every single day. I try to at least. And and being a better person, spreading positivity. I'm a man of God. So I, I really want to, you know, do better in this world because, you know, so many people, there's there's so much negativity and hatred and I can't stand it. So. I'll, I'll say that. Keep growing as a human to, to spread positivity. I like that. Nope. I'm, I'm all for that. That's a great resolution. Perfect. What about you? Oh, mine was to drink more beer. Okay, perfect. <laughs> no. <laughs> um, We're on the yeah, same page gonna, today. I'm not going to say the whole exercise thing because I say that to myself literally every single month. All right. This is what I'm going to do it. Nope. I still don't do it. I couldn't tell you the last time I touched a weight or, or did any sort of exercise. So we're not going to go there. Um, but I'm, I'm kind of in the same line as you, you know, just being a better person, trying to help more people as much as I can within my own means, you know, cause that's, that's kind of the bottom line for me. If you're not, if you're not making somebody else's day or somebody else's life better, 
you have to do better yourself. I think you got to, I agree. And, and that's, that's the key to life, man. Happiness, money and possessions don't mean shit in the long run. It's about who you impact in this life. And if, if your impact on them was, was good and not negative. And that's kind of where I'm at, man. If I, if I leave, I be, I likely won't have a quote unquote legacy. Maybe one day I will, but I, I want to be remembered as a person who tried their damnedest to be, you know, a hard worker, you know, very fair and reasonable and not a hypocrite. And, you know, like you said, helping others where, where you can. 100%. Nope. I can wholeheartedly agree with you. Awesome, man. So happy new year to everybody at Headliner Nation. Happy new year, Chris. And we're going to close this one out, man. So on that note, that is the show. Thanks so much for tuning in. You can find me on Twitter at Chris underscore FH1. You can find Chris on Twitter at Vineyard Remedy. To all the listeners, thank you for all the support. On behalf of Chris, we'll see you again in 2022. Thanks again for listening. Until next time, stay safe and be kind to each other. I'm out.